This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Sharon and Eric Lopez. And we welcome you to this edition of Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. I'm Eric Lopez. Jeff Sharon's still on vacation in Hawaii. Enjoying himself out there. The rest of the staff, I've given him also the week off. Uh, enjoy some downtime before you know it. Uh, Eric Lopez here. Coming up, though, on this show, we got a packed show. You're going to hear my ex- interview, exclusive interview with Gianna Mancha, UCF softball, former softball pitcher, who's now playing in the pros in the WPF with the Smash It Sports Vipers. We'll talk about that. And playing in the WPF, the pro fast pitch, first season for them. And she'll reflect on the UCF season and her time at UCF. Later in the show, you'll hear Bryson Turner's exclusive interview with Dana Boone, UCF track and field head coach. They're out in Eugene, Oregon as we speak at the NCAA Championships in Oregon. We'll break that down later in the show. Of course... Uh, we'll be that and much more. We'll t- you'll talk about uh, other good stuff here on this edition of the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. You can follow us at UCF Banneret underscore SBN. Go to blackandgoldbanneret.com for our latest, including our articles there on, on Mackenzie Milton's retirement uh, by Andrew Glukoff and Kyle Nash. Both worked on that together in their perspective opinions on the Mackenzie Milton foot retiring from football. Make sure you, of course, you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Black and Gold Banneret uh, as well. All right, let's bring in, uh, we're going to open the show here with some news and notes here quickly here. Some big, couple of big football news uh, this week. Uh, on Thursday, Terrence Lewis, remember the linebacker, came over on the transfer, uh, had a domestic battery charge against him. He didn't know what it was going to Charges dropped, uh, against Terrence Lewis, that's big news there for UCF. Now, we don't know what that means for him as far as discipline or what UCF will do about it. But remember, you know, you guys obviously have listening. You've been following UCF football. One of the big issues right now for them is the linebacking depth there. They have really issues there at the linebacking position. And, uh, you know, if this clears Lewis up here to play, that could help him a little bit uh, for UCF. So some good news potentially for UCF football there. Plus, earlier this week, Javon Baker announced via Instagram, because, hey, that's where you go when you want to announce news, announced the wide receivers that transferring to UCF. Now, he originally had committed to Kentucky, played at Alabama. Now, what is a little unclear is his status as far as eligibility. We don't know if he, you know, he committed to Kentucky, but we don't know if he was on campus. We don't know what happened there. Uh, that will be cleared up, but if they get Javon Baker eligible and ready to go for this upcoming season, that'll add some depth to the wide receiving position for UCF there with Ryan O'Keefe and company there. And obviously, that's some losses there. Jalen Robinson moving on uh, among them, Brandon Johnson. So, so potentially some good news for UCF football depth-wise here this week with the Terrence Lewis news and the Javon Baker news. To it. So that's something to monitor, but a couple of quick notes there for UCF football. From that standpoint, uh, that could pay off uh, later on this season here, perhaps in 2022 in the fall. Is before you know it, we're about what? We'll be a couple months away from practices and get ready for that season opener. So still some lingering questions there with UCF and their football roster. But again, Javon Baker transferred to UCF wide receiver could add some depth to the core. And then obviously Terrence Lewis situation now that it's legally been cleared, uh, that could be potentially something that, could help him 
uh, move forward down the stretch here uh, and be a part of UCF football here in 2022. Obviously, that still remains to be seen uh, on that. So that's going to be an interesting deal there. All right. Other news of note for UCF uh, of interest here. And really the Baker news. I want to ask, it was interesting to follow the Baker news. As soon as that came out, a lot of UCF fans excited and optimistic. Uh, another SEC player, by the way, coming to UCF. I think the Gus Malzahn factor is big on that. But it is interesting how fans, we still are kind of trying to figure out this whole transfer board. We're excited when a player transfers to us and your our respective team. But when our player decides to leave us and go somewhere else, we kind of try to bury them and try to say, how could you? I am, you know, and to some extent, pro sports goes through this with free agents. But it was interesting. Last Thursday, on our on our uh, friends' show, Sons of UCF Live, hosted by Trace Troco and Adam Eaton and and Mike over there, they had Maddie Bejarano on UCF softball player, and she announced on that show that she's transferring from UCF. Uh, everybody knows the story by now. Her brother has Down syndrome, uh, and people were kind of, and, and I was going to the message boards. Uh, throughout and UCF to try to see kind of the reaction there. And it was because there's been a lot of softball talk with obviously the success and the momentum and everything. And I was kind of like perplexed by some of the negative, not by all, but there's this percentage of people that were negative about her move. Now it's worth pointing out and I encourage people to check out that episode. It's last Thursday. You can follow it. Uh, if you're, you know, some, however you listen to your son's UCF podcast, I listen to him on the YouTube deal. Uh, she explained herself during the interviews because she wants to be closer to family. She's a West Coast girl from Arizona. Obviously wants to get close. Family, brother got to see her play in Oklahoma. She had nothing but great things to say about UCF and head coach Cindy Ball Malone and everything like that. And even Sons of UCF, who obviously remember they were a big part of this story because uh, they helped her brother get to Oklahoma uh, sponsoring, kind of giving an NIL deal with her. They were cool with it. They understood it. It was great. It was, it was fine. And and yet, I still see people kind of negative. And, you know, it's not just her. I mean, it wasn't a lot. So let me just emphasize that. But I think we got to stop with, we got to stop reacting negative, like, all the time. Like, how could this player leave? Or how could this, you know. And I just think we just have to accept that in college athletics today, with the transfer portal, you're going to have people that leave. You're going to have people that, that come here. You're going to have pluses and minuses, and you may, you know, that's just the way it is. And uh, it doesn't mean that the program's in trouble. doesn't mean it was a negative. It doesn't mean that the player didn't care about their program. You know, we saw a little bit of this with the women's basketball program when everybody departed for Georgia and some of the negativity, Diamond Battles went to Twitter and said how, you know, people were going after her. It's like, why? Like, like, why? Like, she has the right to move on. She did everything she could and accomplished here at UCF. She has her degree. She's going to move forward. Why negativity? Like, she spent all her time here. Helped bring a conference championship and two NCAA tournament appearances to the women's basketball program. So, to me, it's like, why? Why Why the negativity there? Uh, I just think we need to, you know, fans have to, we got to figure, we got to get over this stuff. We got to get used to it. Will they? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being unrealistic in this but in my opinion i think you got to move on man these are human beings at the end of the day nobody's going after you when you leave a job because it pays more or whatever the reason to be closer to family nobody's going after you. he's like joe schmo 
left after five years. How disloyal. You know, try to be closer to family. Um, I don't understand that mindset. I get it. You you don't want to lose players. It stinks. I'm going to miss Manny Bejarano, but I get it. I mean, I wasn't surprised by the news uh, when she announced that on the Sons of UCF show, live show there. I don't really understand that. Um, so, I, I, like I said, we just got to get over that stuff, man. Get over that negativity stuff. Like, people have the right to move on or not. You may or may not like it, but uh, just kind of, you know, appreciate what they do, man. It's, uh, it's, a new, it's a new era in college athletics. I'm just telling you, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So, that was my kind of two cents on that. Kind of, you know, I watched the Matty Bejarano interview last week and then seeing the reaction to Javon Baker announcing on Instagram that he's coming to UCF and all the excitement about it. It's kind of like, what what, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> it's a little unbalanced on that. Uh, and I just don't understand it. Uh, feel free to explain it to me. If you think I'm way off base, tweet, tweet at me at a UCF banner at underscore SB yet. And, uh, but I just, uh, that, that was the one thing that kind of stood out to me uh about that situation i just didn't really understand that so uh those are some of the big news items there now we'll get speaking of softball uh got some other quick uh, some news on the softball front so ucf softball 2023 was announced that they will be going back to the espn tournament the clearwater invitational which was that it's the marquee tournament in the sport they were there last year. UCF went two and four in that tournament. Remember, they beat Texas in that wild game. They beat Texas Tech uh, as well. You know, played a strong schedule, and that helped UCF have the 16th strongest non-conference schedule in the country, and in, in, in part helped them eventually get in a position to host as a national seed. Uh, so that was big. They will be joining a field of 16 teams that includes Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Duke. Florida State, Indiana, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and the Sun Belt, it's a powerhouse in softball, Michigan, Mississippi State, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, South Florida, Texas A&M, UCLA, and Virginia Tech. That's a wow. 15 of those 16 teams made the NCAA tournament. The only team that didn't was Indiana. Uh, that is powerhouse. Powerhouse. Uh, we do not know who UCF will play in that tournament yet. We won't know that until the fall. But this is big for the UCF softball program and kind of, you know, expanding that schedule strength. And another, you know, that's going to be all over the ESPN family and network. So uh, that'll be the second week of the season, February 16th through the 19th, I believe, in 2023. Yep, February 16th through the 19th, 2023. It's the now Tax Act Clearwater Invitational presented by Evil Shield. You know you're doing well as a tournament when you have uh, two sponsors uh, for the tournament on that. So that's the big news that came out this week as well in the softball end, as well as, you know, talking about the Matty Bejarano deal. And, of course, UCF, the, the college softball season, came to an end on Thursday night with Oklahoma winning the national title, sweeping Texas, uh, beating them 10-5 to in Game 2, winning Game 1, 16-1. Oklahoma's going to go down as maybe the greatest softball team we've ever seen in 2022 and one of the great college teams of all time. And I tweeted this out on Thursday night as it was wrapping up. UCF softball season at the end ran into maybe the greatest softball team and one of the greatest teams ever in the Super Regionals. That's what prevented them from getting to the Women's College World Series. If you put UCF in any other draw in that Super Regional, they are likely 
in Oklahoma City. I think this was a World Series, and that was my takeaway. If you look at the teams, UCF fared well against Oklahoma compared to some of the other teams. They were more competitive than Texas was in the championship series. They were more competitive than Northwestern was against Oklahoma, who Oklahoma run-ruled them. Uh, you know, UCLA got a game from them, but then got run-ruled by them 15 to nothing. So I think UCF represented themselves very well in the Super Regionals. And, you know, I've gotten text messages from people that, hey, man, this team is really good. Like, they should be OKC good and things like that. Now, on Thursday night, I host an In the Circle pregame live show on our in the In the Circle YouTube channel to preview the Texas-Oklahoma game. And I had head coach Cindy Ball Malone on to preview Texas-Oklahoma because UCF had played both teams. I encourage you to check that interview out on our YouTube channel at In The Circle SB there. Uh, we went in-depth. She kind of gave us a detail. Her scouting report on OU at Texas was really some good stuff. I'm going to air an excerpt of that right now where we talk about UCF and if you know her reflection on the season a little bit and kind of the respect that UCF got from some of the national media in softball and, and people including in Oklahoma. Here's... An excerpt from the my interview with Cindy Ball Malone from the pregame show on In the Circle. I'm here on In the Circle Live. Uh, here's a Sooner fan, Jesse James chimes in. UCF number two, in my opinion, Boomer. I put that out because I've had a lot of OU fans and media people. Joey Helmer was on with us a couple of nights ago, and I've had media people in OKC text me how they were impressed seeing your team live in Norman handling those circumstances, which I wasn't expecting because I figured, hey, they win, they're just going to move on. But a lot of people said, you know, this team really is better than some of these teams uh, that we're seeing right now in Oklahoma City. And, you know, look, they kind of point to some of the scores. I know you weren't, you know, you wish you could have done some things differently as far as your team playing better. But now that you have some time to reflect and you've watched how this has unfolded, what's your kind of perspective now having played Oklahoma and really – uh, gaining a lot of respect from a lot of people. Like I said, OU media and fans have really complimented your team since. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think that we just learned so much. Like, we wouldn't have learned those moments if we hadn't been um, in that in that situation. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I thank you because obviously, you know, we have pride and we think the same thing, uh, Jesse James 94, but um, – <laughs> But again, um, we want to play the best we want it and we want it to be a traditional thing. And so um, I really love hearing how our women are talking right now. You know, they we're still connected. A lot of people are staying around here and and training and just hearing the things that they're saying. Um, they've they've matured in postseason already and um, just hearing their their observations and, and they're able to say, ah, they did that. I did that. I know what that feels like. And so they're, they're going to have those, those pieces um, coming into it next year. And um, you know, our goal is to, and they're saying it, their goal is to be in the top eight. So we get to see Oklahoma at the world series. Well, I was going to say, if you're, if I'm a player right now and I'm looking at this, they're like, we're easily could be at OKC. We're as good as we beat Texas, right? Like, yeah. You, you see, you, you, I think that's, if, I mean, to me, if I'm a player, I'm getting ready for next season. That's got to be a confidence booster that you're right there in the mix and that now people are starting to see that. I mean, a lot of people watch that regional against Michigan, the Supers against OU and the Super Regional. I think a lot of people are opening eyes to the program now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they asked me this comment or this question on uh, my in-game interview um, about 
you know, getting a little chippy. And I mean, to I take it as a compliment when both teams are getting competitive and really competitive in a game is that's respect. I, I see it as respect because you know that this team, you know, can play. And um, not many teams do that against Oklahoma, especially in game two. Game two is usually, you know, a blowout. But again, I think Texas has those tools and I think, you know, they can bring it. And I, I think it'll be great for this, for softball and for all the viewers. Um, either way, we're going to see a lot of fun stuff tonight. Well, let's hope. We're hoping. <laughs> we, we need a good game uh, on that. I want to ask about your team here, because obviously from a national standpoint, you've had time to think an incredible year. As I mentioned, you win the conference regular season tournament. You host the regional for the first time. You win the regional. You beat Michigan, a great team there. Get to the Supers the first time. Uh, I know you've had more time to think about it, but what what pops in your mind uh, when, when I say all that now that you've had some time to think about it? And really, a, a lot of the depreciation from Night Nation, UCF fans have been jumping on this. I've mentioned the OU fans, a lot of people. I mean, this is this is a, a historic year for this team that I think its impact is going to continue for years and years, right? Yeah, no, it's – I. there's so many thoughts, and I, I'm still emotional about it. I haven't debriefed enough. Um, I, I get really – it was a special time, you know, and there's so many special moments, like, to be able to – be on the field with coach Hutch and like for her to tell, you know, tell me your team is good and you're doing a good job. And, you know, I've looked up to her. I, they, at one point I wanted to play for her. And, um, and then for coach Gasso, same thing, you know, for her to say, your team is really good. I mean, she doesn't have to say that to me. She's uh, <laughs> the, the, the best coach out there right now. And her team is showing that. Um, and so I, it, it makes me feel good because, yeah, we can have a plan. We can have the best coaching staff. Um, and I believe we have one very good coaching staff here um, in, in all of our coaches and, and staff members. Um, but, again, our women buy in and believe in it, and they, they follow and they do it. And I think proudest moments, alumni being really excited about our program, um, being able to run out to the team and celebrate and – our alumni being able to be at super regionals, cheering their team on. Um, our goal is to get them to act ridiculous in the front row behind our dugout in Oklahoma city. And I'll keep saying that until we make it happen. So, um, you know, in this team, like our, our mantra was what's possible with an exclamation point, not a question mark. And I think they, they definitely put another exclamation point on that um what's possible because they did everything and then some i'm curious you've talked about you know, what the pl your players learned from the experience of making yeah. this run i'm curious what you look because i know you i've gotten to know you now you're a student of the game you're one that'll take notes you're one that'll ask coaches for for opinions and thoughts because i mean i kind of forget this i feel like people you're still a young coach like you're still kind of you young i mean you really are like i i think it's kind of remarkable what you've done to this point Gianna Mancho, I interviewed earlier today, reminded me of that. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious what you you have learned, either from the Super Regional seeing OU up close and obviously what Coach Gasson does, or just this whole run in general. What do you think you've learned about yourself? Gosh. Um, it's a very well, deep question, I know. Yeah, no, because there's so many angles you could go on with that. But um, about myself, I mean, I talk about, you know, the – alumni and all of that. But um, 
my entire, like my family, my husband, my kids, my parents all got to be at super regionals. And what I, what I learned, I mean, I, I, I preach this to our team that you can, you can be a mom, you can be a woman, you can be, um, a really, um, kick, kick butt woman and, and do some things. And, um, you don't have to have every resource to get it done. Like the blue collar athlete and the way we're doing it. Um, I was, I felt strongly about how we build our culture, um, and the people in it. And that's what I think I learned, like just being able to have all that experience and see it. I learned that the moments are, are what's really incredible and the people. And I learned that this very young team exceeded potential because of the relationships, the team chemistry, like we coached culture the entire year and we didn't stop. Now my competitive self, Elo, and you didn't ask it, but I'm going to say it. My competitive self learned. I mean, my, my next question is, okay, how are we going to look like Oklahoma? What do we need to do? We've got the strength coach in here. We've got, you know, we're, we're, how do we look like <clears throat> we've got five schools that we're, um, we're going to reach out to and research and like, how do we get there? Because they look different. They move different. They, you know, they do all of that stuff. And so we're already working on those pieces and our, our team and our players are bought in. They, they're all about it. Like, it's just cool. Our administration is watching the game. I have like people telling me like, yeah, I watched the game last night and like, you know, all the, the commentating. And I mean, and I don't think that we would have had those conversations, you know, a month or two ago that, so many people are watching softball now and fans of softball and admitting it. They're okay to admit it now too. Yeah. It's a, it's the hit thing to do. I mean, we were talking, pardon the interruptions talking about it around the horns talking about it. So it's a, it's a good thing. A couple quick hits before we let you go. Cause I know, I know where you're at. I've been there many a time and uh, we're going to let you go. So you can go back home and you got people waiting for you and you want to watch the game, but I I'm do. curious as you, when you watch the World Series games and you see Mendoza in the booth, what goes into your mind and are you texting her during the game? I've always been curious about that. <laughs> I do text her time to time. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my first thing is like super proud. I mean, I couldn't be more proud of her. She's amazing. She's a rock star, man. Like she's an incredible athlete, but what she does, um, she does so well. She's good at what she does. She knows the information. She's knowledgeable. Um, but not only that, like she is not afraid to show her passion, just her passion for the game, her passion for um, different people's artistic ways of being able to play this game. Um, and, you know, she she allows herself to be vulnerable and like just show her true self. And you can't like there's no way you can't love that. Right. I mean, she just she brings that energy. Um, and then I go back to the times where, you know, we were goofballs, goofball, 14 year olds, freshman year. Um, she was my catcher and like, I, I don't know how, how well and how much stuff we got done in that bullpen. I don't know how well those bullpens were, but you know, <laughs> we were competitive on the field, but I mean, we were probably a coach's dream on the field and a coach's nightmare because we were just goofballs like pranksters, you know, all of that stuff and in all in positive ways and team chemistry. And, but I go back to those moments and, you know, we'll text from time to time and she'll give me like, she's, I remember one, one year she was talking about um, a freshman. It had to have been, did Escobedo win as a freshman? 
Had yes. to be one of those years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And she she talked about you know freshmen winning it um, and being in the game, and this might be one of the first times. And I texted her. I was like, Hey, Amanda Freed. Um, and she then she put it out there, and and she said, Isn't that fun? And I was like, Yeah, I feel like I had some input, and she made me feel super <laughs> special. And so I mean, she's just she she is a huge um, advocate and just promoter of so many things and you know people talk about her and like you know jessica mendoza and but you she'll never act like that and that's the coolest thing about her is she's the most down-to-earth human being well you know she was on our podcast recently and she agreed to a podcast where you two are on at the same time so yes. it's up to you it, you know now you both have crazy schedules so so it's up to two of you to schedule this i but you both okay. have the because uh, you're up to go about to go with Team USA this summer. I know you're getting ready for that next week, which uh, will be exciting for you. But yeah, that's that's going to have to happen at some point. The two of you on the same podcast and share some of those uh, stories because I have a feeling you both have a lot of stories. That's what she kind of teased me off the air. She said, "Yeah, just be warned, we've got a lot of stories." I'm like, "Hey, it's probably, a podcast; it can go forever." Probably too many. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm excited. I mean, we've got five athletes, you know, on the field today that we're going to be able to work with this this summer and. So I just feel like, you know, they, they might feel blessed to be a part of it. I'm like, I'm going to get to go learn so much and just be around, you know, these cool athletes and, and women and be able to come back and share it with our group here. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited. We, it's fun. This up, and this will be the last question. Uh, Gianna Munch is going to play pro. Uh, I just had her on. She mentioned that you're a big part of that uh, in her career and that, you know, with the influence you've had, obviously, which goes well documented. We've talked about that at length, but. Kind of your reaction to her is she's about, you know, I interviewed her right as she got off practice uh, in Vieira there. She's getting ready to go to play next week. What, what, what are you, what are you, what's your, what, what's it like for you to see her now pursuing this pro ball career? It's just, it, it's so rewarding as a coach, you know, I mean, just to be able to see her living out her dreams. Cause there's days that I see her as that little freshman that got her first start against Tennessee and Megan Greer, you know, like hitting, hitting a, a bomb off of her. Right. And she looked at me, I'm like, keep going. You're good. You know? Um, and then I keep reminding myself, no, no, she's, she's a top notch pitcher in this game. Um, and what I think is really cool is she's starting to, um, you know, really put the pedal to the metal and learn her body. And this is where, um, about this age is where you, you really figure some things out and she's doing it. And so I love that she's going to continue to keep playing. I'm going to encourage her to keep playing as long as she can um, because she's got it. She, she's got it all. I mean, the full package. Um, I'm just so proud, so proud of her. I, I asked her, you know, I, I tried to joke with her and say like, Hey, NCA put a waiver out. You've got a six year, you ready to come back. And she looked at me funny and was like, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Cause I'll get my feelings hurt if you answered in a different way. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, Hugging her, I and I, I said this before. I did not want to let go because it, it's not goodbye. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to be her friend now. And her mom actually sent me one of the best notes. Um, and I mean, this is this is a family thing, right? And so, and she said, "You just went from coach to friend." And so, I'm I'm super excited to see this part of her life and and be her biggest fan and have her come back and teach me some things now. 
All right, there is the excerpt from my interview with Cindy Ball Malone on Thursday night on the In the Circle special prior to the Oklahoma-Texas game. Talking about some many topics. If you want to watch the full interview, go to the YouTube channel In the Circle SB for that interview. Of course, you heard Gianna Mancha there. I referenced the interview. Coming up on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, my interview with Gianna Mancha. I talked to her on Thursday talking about, really, literally, as she get on finishing practice, we reflect on her great career at UCF, plus obviously this opportunity to play professionally and the possibility of her playing with Jocelyn Allo of Oklahoma. That's all coming up. Then later, we'll play Bryson Turner's interview with UCF track and field head coach Dana Boone as UCF track and field in the outdoors, the NCAA championships in Eugene. That's all coming up on the Black and Gold Banner podcast. One quick note, shout out. The Johnny Travali, UCF golfer who's playing in the PGA Tour this weekend in the Canadian Open. He had went six over on Thursday. Probably going to miss the cut, but pretty cool experience for him to be playing on the PGA Tour, at least for a couple of rounds in the Canadian Open for him. So we wish him well on that. All right, coming up, my interview with Gianna Mancha. When we return, this is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back here to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Joining us now, of course, one of the greats of UCF Nice Softball, just fresh off, leading the Knights to their first ever Super Regional trip. Now playing professionally with the Smashed Sports uh, Vipers of the, of the WPF. She was the fifth pick in their draft, which we'll talk about. That came out while she was shutting out Villanova in the Orlando Regional. I speak of Gianna Bancho, joins us from the field as she just finished the practice. That's a first here on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm enjoying this nice Florida weather. <laughs> yes, with rain and sun and everything. A little bit of everything. Uh, so, you yeah. just, so you just concluded, uh, as we're recording this, on Thursday, you just finished the practice. You just signed to play on the WPF. Let's just talk about that first. Tell the audience about that process of, you know, you deciding to play pro. You were the fifth pick in the WPF draft, literally the night that you pitched the shutout against Villanova, which was wild. Um, But what kind of led me talk about this process? What led you to make this decision? You're going to be playing this year. Yeah. um, I mean, you know, I didn't really know about the WPF, um, but it was exciting to find out that, you know, they were going to put this on and kind of just like restarted, I guess, from, it's not the MPF, it's not AU, um, stuff like that. So it's kind of new and it's awesome to be a part of something like this. And, you know, Lauren Chamberlain as the commissioner, got to talk to her um, and then Don and everyone. So, I mean, it's awesome. Um, I mean, I didn't really have to, you know, like sit there and like make a hard decision, you know. Um, obviously, I didn't know if pros was in like the books for me, but I think it's awesome that I get this opportunity and that, you know, um, it found me obviously um, this last year with UCF. So um, it's just awesome. And, you know, to be here and kind of fill it out and, um, you know, kind of see what they've done. Like some of the girls that are here, some of them played for AU, some of them played in the MPF, some of them played with the pride. So um, it's awesome just to, you know, get this experience. And um, it's not, it's only for three months, but um, just to be here with all these girls and all these amazing names, like it's awesome. Do you remember the first time you hurt, like you found out, like, I mean, I'm trying to remember, how did you, like, I'm sure you were found out right after the Villanova game, 
when you got picked fit just take me through that process and when you first heard from them and 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 kind of what you're looking forward to yeah um i was actually sitting at a restaurant with my parents and my brother uh after the game uh we were all excited and then i got this notification on um instagram and it said i was like drafted or whatever so i was like oh this is so cool didn't really know about it coach Barry like mentioned it right after the game but I was like oh okay but like I didn't really think anything of it so um it was cool when it came out you know my parents and everyone was like oh my gosh and I was just like oh like well we have a game tomorrow so it wasn't like I didn't really react that much until afterward and after the season was over so I mean it's so awesome I think and just to experience this entire league is what I'm looking forward to and just having fun again. Um, not that college wasn't fun, just it's a different type of atmosphere. And I don't want to put a lot of pressure on myself going into it. I mean, these are some of like the greatest names that we're going to play. So um, I'm just excited to experience it, honestly, and um, with all these amazing women. You're going to wear it now, night fans, I want to know this. Are you wearing eight? Are you going to wear eight? I am, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. <laughs> Right, that's good we, I, we, and there will be merchandise too where people can buy your jersey buy your gear right like be part of it too which is that's cool i mean you're joining a list of ucf greats like stephanie best allison kimes shelby turnier won and you know played in the mpf won an mpf title kaylee novak uh what does that mean to you to continue that tradition of ucf softball players to go on to play some pro ball oh yeah it's awesome you know to be a part of some of those great names that came through ucf i mean it's a blessing. It's an honor just to be, you know, a part of something that they were a part of like this. So um, it's awesome. Are you treating this like year by year? Hey, let's see how this goes. Like, cause I know when we talk during the season, you've had plans like, and we'll get into that about your future plans here after softball, but obviously you weren't expecting this necessarily at the time. I'm sure. Is this stuff? How, how do you treat this? Do you go year by year? You see how the experience goes and go from there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Wasn't expecting it. Obviously had plans, like things set in the works for <laughs> after we finished. Um, but I wanted to be able to experience this. And, you know, everyone was telling me, you know, just do it. Um, like, just have fun. Like, you don't have school. Like, you're literally just playing softball. And so, um, you know, I was like, okay. So, I mean, it's fun right now. It's fun already. So, um, I'm excited for the next three months. Who are some of the teammates you're looking forward to playing with there that people for people that may not know? Oh, I mean, all of them, you know, Amber Pfizer, Taryn Alvello, Shelby Sinceri, um, Sierra Bryan, Morgan Howe. I'm trying to, like, name off everyone that's on the team. Um, I mean, just some of the greatest players from everywhere. So it's awesome to get to learn from them and, you know, just to be on the field with them. And so um, fingers crossed that Jocelyn Allo comes here. We, we did draft her. Um, we're waiting to hear back from her. And then uh, Mary from texas is coming so i mean it's just awesome you you know you know me well enough now where you know where i'm going with the next question because i was going to ask you about jocelyn she was the number one pick in that league in the wpf obviously she was also drafted in the athletes unlimited which obviously are the two pro leagues that kind of conflict she hasn't decided what she's going to do yet she is tight with lauren chamberlain who's the commissioner uh but i'm curious what would that be like if you did play with jocelyn who you got to face your your last weekend at ucf in the supers that'd be kind of unique yeah i mean you know jocelyn is doing some things for this entire sport i think that is just 
I mean, she's taking it to the next level. So, you know, hearing what she's been doing over at Oklahoma, um, and I, I think just to, like, see what she does, like, out of, a, like, like, a different perspective than just from throwing to her, um, I mean, I think that would be awesome, you know, to have her here. And um, one of the girls actually fought, um, uh, she's her cousin, so um, I, I don't know anything if she's for sure coming here. She obviously hasn't made a decision, um, but it would be real awesome, you know, just to get to talk to her and, you know, know her mindset. I mean, she's doing some – she's like the Babe Ruth of our league right now, so it's awesome. You've had some time to reflect since your last game at UCF. I've seen the Supers against Alo in Oklahoma. First of all, I'm sure you've watched the World Series as we've taped. You see what Alo in Oklahoma has done – what goes to your mind when you see Oklahoma kind of put up those video game numbers they've been putting up in the World Series? I got to feel like, do you feel sense of pride? Because you pushed them. You pushed them in the Supers. I know it wasn't the result you wanted, but compared to how other teams have fared, I think you and, and came on, you, we, we fared be- better than a lot of teams have fared against Oklahoma. Yeah, um, seeing that, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We were like, well, dang, you know, we didn't get – we didn't get run rolled by a lot. So I think we kind of patted ourselves on the back a little bit for, for that. And obviously like our defense behind us and the pitch calling. So um, it was awesome, you know, like to see that we were able to do that and keep them, you know, they didn't run roll us the second game. And so um, I, I don't know. I think it's cool to be able to say that we didn't get, you know, double digit run no. by Oklahoma. <laughs> right. And I kind of, my thing is if we play anybody else other than Oklahoma in the supers, we're probably in Oklahoma city at the women's college world series. I think that's the big takeaway is we were the only reason we didn't get to the women's college world series. Cause we ran into Oklahoma before everybody else did in, 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 in OKC. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I feel like um, any other, you know, super regional, I think we would have had a better chance. Um, and I think that happens to us a lot. Obviously, the past three years, I think we've we've either had a regional, well, we've had a regional against whoever's in the the championship, national championship game. So um, it's pretty awesome, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you mentioned the regional Florida State you're talking about from last year who ended up playing for the champs here. You're right. We seem to be running into teams that end up playing for the national title or winning the national title, whatever. It's a tough draw there. What, what Have you had time to reflect on your UCF career and what you accomplished? Well, sorry, I lost you right there. Have you had a chance to reflect on your UCF career? Um, A little bit. Um, it's kind of hard to – like, I wish I would have been there all, like, my entire career. Um, but I'm very thankful for the journey that I've been through, obviously. Um, and with Coach Bear right there and having her – not having her for a year was hard. Um, so I'm glad I followed her over here to Florida. Um, I mean, the program she built at UCF, I think, has just come such a long way. And, um, you know, everyone coming into um, our future nights, I mean – they're amazing and then just to be a part of the alumni base too I mean um, now I mean it'll be awesome you know having them at our regional was I mean that was they were right there they felt like they were in our dugout with us Um, 
so that was cool. But I mean, everything about UCF is amazing. Um, I'm very thankful for being there and getting a chance and an opportunity there. Um, I mean, I love it. So, and I definitely will be back. So, <laughs> I would assume one of your favorite moments, obviously, at UCF time is that winning that region. What went through your mind when that last out was made? Macario made the catch, and you're all racing to the field there celebrating, and then the alumni join you. Yeah, I mean, I I was at the end of the dugout with Demaria, and I didn't even know she caught it because I couldn't see. Um, but I was like, oh, okay, we got the third out, and like, we just ran out there. Uh, I mean, that was an awesome feeling, and then to see our alumni and obviously all of our families in the stands. Um, I mean, the first regional there, I mean, it's awesome, you know, to feel that and um, get to experience that. And so um, I hope the girls – I mean, I think our senior class left the program a lot better than we found it, and I hope they do the same. Well, and that was a goal that your team had, you guys had since the fall to host a regional. It was all because they took away you hosting the conference tournament. What did it mean to accomplish that goal? I was with you there at the watch party. It was intense, but uh, I'll never forget that huge roar when the name came out. You're hosting. I mean, that was huge. I mean, you all, that was a goal you set out. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was super upsetting getting the conference tournament taken away from us. Um, it was out of our hands at that point, and it was pretty frustrating. And when we found out about it, we were like, well, they can't take a regional away from us. So, I mean, that was our goal from the beginning of fall when we found out about not being able to host the conference tournament. So, um, you know, we just were going through seeking things off the list. So um, it was all. Yeah, you crossed a lot of things off the list there and broke a lot of barriers that I think will help future UCF teams uh, there. What is it about Coach Ball Malone that makes her so special? What is what is it about her? You know, as you you know, and I'm sure you've talked to the current pitchers on the staff and few, you know, and I'm sure future people pitchers that'll come. What is it about her that makes her unique? Because you two obviously go way back. Yeah, I think it's just the culture that she brings to the entire program, um, and getting everyone to follow along with it the the team that team 21 was I mean I've never been with a team that's gotten along so well and like just trusted everything that our coaching staff was saying and um I mean I think she just brings just so much to the table and how she can turn a program around in two to three years I think is awesome um and I mean she's she's gonna respect you if you respect her like it's She's just an amazing coach, I think. And um, I know this year she was in the bullpen a lot, and I told her I wanted her in there. Um, and I think she, you know, helped our staff entirely being in there as much as she was um, and letting, you know, Coach Witt, Coach Tyler, Coach Kaya work with everyone else and, you know, give her input here and there um, and not spreading herself so thin, how I felt like she did the past couple of years. So um, getting her to just be her, I, I mean, she's awesome. and. Um, so many ways especially off the field you know she's a great mentor um, to all of us so well and that's the thing you two have a special bond and Justine Molina for that matter because you two go way back going back to the Boise day Boise State and obviously she recruited you uh, uh you know when you were young uh that you could have that open dialogue right like I mean in a lot of ways you you are like family I'm sorry about that well I'm saying you two have that great family bond like a, a relationship because you've known each other so long like you are like part of family oh yeah and I, she said that to us when we first got there it was like you know when you guys finally came it felt like home and so you know it felt like that for us too I mean it was 
it was awesome just to be back in her presence and to be within her culture again and what she what she can give to a team. Um, it's just so much more structure comfortable being around her and I know Jay does too uh, coming into you know is that she cares you're not just a number there like like she cares about you no 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 doubt uh, a couple quick things let me ask you about you you got to pit play with Aaliyah White who set so many records and I remember you said during the season you wanted to win a conference championship for her because she was on the coaching staff and then Kamal Woodall coming in and Kamal said that you told her after the Georgia win that hey get used to this we're gonna win a lot of games together that meant a lot to her from a confidence standpoint and just being a part of it. Just talk about the two of them because you were you t- you and Aaliyah and you and Kamal were just tremendous one-two punch. Why did it work so well? I think because we were so different, me and Aaliyah, me and Kamal. Um, Kamal and Aaliyah are kind of similar in a way. They're both like that rah-rah, like, and I love that about them. You know, like, they bring the hype. I'm more like, okay, let's just go hit type of person. Um, but I think just being able, you know, to work together, um, even as a staff, you know, this year and last year, um, and then having them, like, like Aaliyah was a leader in my, like, I looked up to her, I looked up to Kama as well, even though we were in the same, you know, age group or whatever, um, but I was just blessed with having them right there with me and going through the same things that I was going through, um, and just being able to talk to them about so many different things um talking about game plans talking about hitters um just what we like had so much like in common but we're very different on the mound um so I think that's why we clicked and I mean it was just awesome to be um able to throw with them on a staff like that so how do you want to be remembered for from night fans when when night fans are listening to this what 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 how, how do you want to be remembered I would say, you know, just like someone who absolutely loved the game and respected it. Um, and I was that cool, calm, like, type of person um, on the mound. But, you know, in the dugout, I would get crazy with, you know, all the girls, have fun. Um, but just, I hope that, you know, they remember me as just someone who was very competitive, but loved the game and, you know, just wanted to be out there and live in the moment. Speak to Night Nation and the support that you've been 22nd this year in attendance in the country. Uh, the regional crowd was in wild. Uh, the alumni, I mean, I never saw Kira Klarkowski act as crazy as she did, like leading some of the cheers. What was that experience like to have that support from the fan base? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was amazing. It felt like we were in the bounce house almost. Um, <laughs> like we were at a football game. Um, it was awesome, you know, and knowing that, I think that helped us too. Going to Oklahoma, it it didn't feel like so. I guess intense because I was like, we just came from this, you know. Like our fans were just as hyped, you know. They were just invested in us, and I mean, I hope that they can keep that going, and not just for a regional. I hope you know they get that same fan base every series, every game, every tournament that we have. I mean, because it helps us so much. Like and. And we feel like we feel all that support when we're out there on the field and we, we use it to our advantage. Yeah. I think they picked up a lot of fans really picked up uh, throughout the season and a lot of media picked it up. I mean, you had to talk to so many media people probably. What was that like? Cause all of a sudden you have local news coming to talk to you and everything. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it's a different experience. And we kind of talked about that as a team is like, you know, don't make it so big. Like, you know, we see all of these people coming around wanting to talk to us and like, we just got to keep it. simple and like just remember you know what we're no doubt about that uh last question uh before i let you go here Uh, whenever your softball career is done i know you talked about getting involved in baseball is that still the plan uh yes that is still the plan moving to arizona um and then you know uh calling who i need to call to uh sorry um assist for him in scouting and then get into all of the the analytics of baseball <laughs> love that i love it what did it mean to have your brother watch you play in person at ucf because i know that's not easy because he plays baseball and there's I, i'm not going to get into it but i know there was competition on which on the family member who's watching what and all that but he actually got to i believe is it the first time he saw you at ucf in person because i know he's seen you in person play but not at ucf as i understand is that accurate you're making me get emotional. Yes, it is accurate. <laughs> um, it is. It was his first time um, being able to watch me um, in Orlando, and so <laughs> he was just so excited. And it was it was fun. He gets crazy at the games, starts yelling yes. at the umpire. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was so cool, you know, to have him there because um, we never like ever since I started. I don't think we've ever been able to go and watch each other for the past five years. So um, him being there was just everything that I could ask for. And then, you know, now I get to go and watch him and hopefully scout him to an MLB team. Oh, I'm not going to get you in trouble. So I won't ask you how you would scout him. But um, I did, I did meet him. I remember I ran into him at that region. I'm like, Oh, Hey, you're here. Like, it was like, Oh, snap. Um, cause I've heard all the, the stories and we'll keep it between us and the family. I know, I know it's pretty comp- competitive as far as, uh, who's watching who, cause you both play at the same time. I mean, he plays college baseball over in the San, you know, San Francisco area and you're playing. So it's hard. Uh, but it's an awesome story. And I'm sure you both have helped each other, right. With, you know, because you're both going through similar things as athletes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to him a lot about, you know, just the experiences that he's going to go through um, his entire career. And baseball takes so much longer to get to, you know, the of it. And so, you know, he, he'll develop later um, as he gets older and, you know, gets bigger. Um, so I'm excited, you know, to see him and him grow and just love, love the game so much more. Um, and it is a competition of who's getting the big TV and who's getting, you know, on the phone. But um, <laughs> now, now there's no competition. So, <laughs> hey, look, I was on you your side. I, I was on your side. I, I told the families, like, hey, don't forget, I need the clicks too of my broadcast. So, I mean, come on now. I mean, let's, let's, you know, can we get multiple phones? I don't know. However, whatever. They figured it out. More importantly, though, now they better make sure you watch you play pro. And that's what's going to be exciting. Uh, you're going to be playing in the WPF this year, including in Florida, I believe, at times, too, throughout the, the season at Vieira. So, gee, I'm excited for you. I'm excited uh, that you get this opportunity. I'm going to try to see you in person play because, uh, well, I've, I've enjoyed that over the last few years. So thank <laughs> you for taking the time. It's been a pleasure, like, covering your games. And uh, good luck this year, and uh, we'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Elo. I appreciate it. 
Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Of course, a big week out west for UCF track and field. Of course, a big year for Dana Boone and program, winning the Indoor American Conference Championships as well as the Outdoor Championships. They'll have seven nights plus an alternate out in Eugene this week, participating in five events. To put that in perspective, preview the last four times that you a UCF track and field team had traveled to the NCAA Outdoor Championships had had been competing in either one or two events. It's one of the deepest uh, uh, rosters and success that UCF track and fields had. And of course, a big part of that is head coach Dana Boone, who spoke to our very own Bryson Turner last week prior to going to Eugene, Oregon to talk about what to look for on in Eugene and the success of UCF track and field. Here is head coach Dana Boone. I think everyone's excited. It's it's always fun when there's a group going. You know, last year we just had two individuals, and so, you know, we have a we have a small group going this year. So it's a little bit more fun at practice because we have a lot more people training and stuff. So yeah, very much. Yeah, seven athletes compared to Renaya, just Renaya and Ashera last year. How is it? How has it felt for Renaya and Ashera to be heading back there for the second straight season and in their sophomore season at that? Um, obviously they're very excited. Um. You know, that was the goal when they left there last year to come back, but to come back with some more people. So all of those things have happened, but um, definitely excited. And it's a, like I said, it's always more fun when you have more of your teammates with you. So you have Renaya now also competing in the 4x100 meter relay. Uh, you know, obviously, she was just in the hurdles last season. So how would you say her improvement has her improvement has been as a sprinter to have her have this opportunity with the relay team? Well, she's always been a great sprinter. I mean, last year at the um, conference meet, she, she did the 100 hurdles, the 100, the 200, and obviously indoor, she did the, the 60 um, and 6,200 uh, and hurdle combination. So we know she's a sprinter, but you know, she, because she can do so many things, you don't want to always wear her out and everything. So once she decided not to run the 100 this year, it was kind of like, hey, how about let's do the relay instead? And so that definitely worked out. Um, for the benefit of the relay, so I'm glad we were able to make that happen this year. Yeah, I noticed that some of the some of the athletes could qualify for multiple events, but only Selena Wright did so in the well the four by one hundred relay team. But Selena Wright did so individually. So, how exactly what went into the decisions of which events the athletes decided to compete in? Oh well, just because Selena finished thirteenth, so she just missed making it. No, and in, in, in the prelim, did you? Oh, in the prelims. Prelim. Well, all of them actually did qualify for individual events. And so it kind of was a thing where you look at the list and kind of say, hey, what's your best shot to make it to actually to go to Eugene? Um, and so some some of the girls were like, hey, I'd rather just go fresh with the relay. Um, and some were like, hey, I'm going to do one event instead of the two events that I qualified in. You know, so maybe they did an individual event and the relay versus where they might have qualified in the 100, 200 and the relay instead of doing all three of those we just did two of those so um at the end of the day it's always about what's best for the for the team um and and the individual but if if we didn't feel like they had a, a shot individually to to make it then you know we put a little more emphasis on the relays 
So you have Brittany Floyd, of course, going to getting selected for the heptathlon. She transferred here from you if UAB. What was it like to recruit her over here to UCF, and what is she, and what has she been like been like here for this team? Um, I'll give all the credit to my assistant coach Glenn Smith. He recruited her and found her and signed her and coached her. So he's done a phenomenal job um, in developing her and getting her to this point. Uh, for the team, it's been awesome. I mean, we haven't had a, a heptathlete. Um, here in a while um, and she came in and just basically rewrote all the record books so it's been awesome to have her and 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 you love when a kid can come in and make such an impact in a year you know she only had a year of eligibility and she made a huge difference to our team so we're thankful that she she uh, chose us and we're glad she's having um, a spectacular last year you talk about coach Glenn Smith you hit of course he brings back a Shara Collins to to Eugene and now she have AG and Adams and Brittany Floyd heading there as well. You Obviously you guys have won both coaching staffs of the year awards if I'm not mistaken from the American Conference means so what is it how has it been what is the impact he's had with on this coaching staff this season? Um, he's definitely done what I uh, hoped he would do coming in. Um, sometimes it's very hard to find a coach that can coach as many events as, as he does. He basically coaches all the field events so that's the throwing the jumping everything and if we he had a vaulter he would coach that too but um uh you know and he's very good at what he does so he's he's doing his job so um his impact has been great but you know my whole staff brings brings things to the table um and and i know we wouldn't be as successful without all of them so so while you will have a group of seven athletes heading to Eugene with comprising of the individual athletes the 4 by 100 relay team. You also had several athletes who may have had high marks but might not be going to Eugene. Charlotte Crook, of course, set the new school record mm -hmm. for the 1500 meter just by falling just short. And Latasha Smith has had a good season despite not starting in the 400 meters. Are you able to, um, are you able to give an update on Latasha and then uh, just about the impact both Charlotte and Latasha have on this team this season? Um, yes, yeah, Charlotte's had a phenomenal season. Um, she's set several records this year, and she's definitely progressed in the in the right uh, manner. Um, obviously, the East uh, preliminary rounds is, is a little bit deeper than it might have been in the West. Um, she probably would have made the next round at least in the, in the West, looking at the results. But um, you know, she's done a great job, and she's developed. Um, from, she's come a long way since her freshman year, and those are the things that you want for your athletes. Um, so that's been great. Um, Latasha Smith had a breakout year this year. She finally is doing all the things that you believe that she she could do. Um, it's just unfortunate that leading up to the to the um, uh, NCAA preliminary rounds that my 400 group took ill, um, and it wasn't even COVID or anything. We had some you know pneumonia, mono bronchitis all of those things happen within 48 hours of leaving so we we, we didn't get to run our four by four which I, I believe would have made it and also into our three individuals that made it in the 400 group so um, we're still not going as a full fully loaded team that I think we're capable of going but um, those young ladies and, and top with Latasha leading the way have done a great job this season well, your full group did set an American Athletic Conference meet, rec meet record. You managed to take both in-conference meets for the first time since 2013. So talk about how that, what that means for you guys in, in this, for this program. Well, you know, when you, when you take over a program and you start talking about winning and you have a team that doesn't quite know what that means, um, it takes time to build a culture. Um, and you, it, that's what this is 
come to. It's been a culmination of, of just slowly plugging away and getting better and learning how to compete and learning. The, the outdoor um, championship was probably a little bit more challenging than the indoor championship because, you know, if you listen to the broadcast indoors, we were the underdog. We weren't even mentioned in the team title. Now, we knew on paper, we, we knew that we were going to be in the battle for the title, that we we're going to be one of the top two you know so um so we went in there as the underdog and just you know had fun with it but outdoor is a little bit different when the expectation is there so um you know we had some little falters here and there but the team um bounced back and they handled the business so that showed me that they're starting to learn to understand what it takes because it's it's hard to be on top and then stay on top you know so because everybody now you have a target on your back <laughs> very, very true so right i jones making her way back to eugene obviously she made the mark there last season so what do you think we could we could see out of her and eugene this time around um you know i i don't i i don't have any expectations i what i want to see renaya do is just trust herself um and and get out there and compete to the best of her ability um i think that's one of her gifts is her ability to compete and rise to the occasion um especially at the, the seems to be the higher level that she competes at she she gets better and better so um that's the hope and the expectation um i, I hope that for all of all of the young ladies competing this weekend and then you're bringing the 4x100 relay team with you and for the for, for the first time. So what are you working through with them as they, you prepare them for Eugene? And what made you decide on this specific uh, layout for them? Because obviously I've, I think I've seen a couple different ones. Um, well, first, we this is this is our second time going to the NCAA meet since I've been here. We went my first year here yeah, first um, year. to the okay. championship in Austin, and I believe we finished 14th. And so, um, and then we ran into a COVID year and couldn't um, couldn't compete. And then last year was just a struggle coming off of the COVID year, having having um, not having an outdoor season and just um, and not having um, a full indoor season. So. We're back to the, our top of our um, stride here, and you know that's the part of the that's part of my job as a coach is to figure out what combination is going to be the right combination. So you try all different uh, legs, you make sure everyone can give a stick and take a stick, and then you just try different combinations. You know, I, I've had Asia on first, and then I moved her to anchor, and you know, but my two middle people have always stayed the same because they've been passing that stick to each other for a long time, so it works. The timing's perfect, so why mess with it. So it's just been a matter of just um, trying different anchor legs and different first legs and stuff. But, um, you know, I knew ultimately I was going to put Renaya back on first leg um, once the season settled down because she has a great start and hurdlers typically do really well on a, running on a curve. So it just made sense. But And then your, my last question for you um, is you have a very unique group. You have kids that have been to Eugene. <laughs> Yes. You've been kids that have been Sierra and Beyonce were both on that four by one in 2019. Mm -hmm. They didn't go to Eugene; they went to Austin. Austin. Mm -hmm. You also have um, Adrian and Asia who haven't been. Correct. What's your message to them going to Eugene this week? Treat it just like any other meet. Um, that's what we have to do. The preparation is the same, and the message is very clear. I, I told that relay we need to be in the finals. And, and then if we make the finals, we can't be ninth because we got to put some points on the board. So that's the expectation. We're not trying to go in there. We're not going to make it um, bigger than what it is and get over, overwhelmed. We just need to do what we did to get there. And if we do that, we'll be successful.
and then that's the that's the big thing that everyone needs to remember is that you don't treat this meat any differently than any other meat. We still warm up the same. The track's still 400 meters, um, and we just gotta, you know, do what we always do, which is, you know, leave on time and get good sticks. And thanks again to head coach Dana Boone, who for joining us uh, there at Black and Gold Red Podcast. That was from last week, prior to them leaving for Eugene, Oregon, talking to Bryson Turner. And that last voice you heard was Megan Herboth, who has been the longtime SID at UCF in track and field, women's basketball, cross cross country, uh, rowing. Uh, used to be an SID at softball in 2015 and 16. I kept that question in because that was the last. Uh, Megan Herboth has moved on. She's left UCF after eight years. And uh, I just wanted to certainly thank her for all the, the years and great work she's done. Of course, she was the SID of women's basketball. Uh, and uh, I really, uh, uh, that was, uh, it was kind of bittersweet to lose her. Uh, she's done so many great things and helping us, you know, get guests on over the years with women's basketball and all the sports that she was involved in. So I uh, want to thank Megan Herboth that we will miss her. AUCF, I won't say where she's going. I know where she's going, uh, but I'll let her announce that when she's uh, if she wants to on that. But uh, she will be missed sorely uh, here at UCF, uh, big time for that. Uh, so that's that gets you set for the outdoor championships. By the way, if you want to hear Bryson Turner's exclusive one-on-one with Renaya Jones, go to our YouTube channel at Black and Gold Banneret. Make sure you subscribe there, like us. To hear Renaya Jones' exclusive interview and her thoughts ahead of her second NCAA championship uh, in Eugene, Oregon, coming up uh, as it's going on right now as we talk uh, throughout, which will be on the ESPN family of networks throughout in Oregon, the men events there. Uh, Bryson will keep you updated on all the events and results that could be going on as you listen uh, to this episode right now. So that's, that's the game plan. Uh, there on track and field. One other note uh, before we sign off here on this edition of Black and Go Banneret Podcast. Big news in the women's golf section. You longtime UCF assisted coach moving on. As Steve Sims, as uh, who was the right hand man to Emily Marin and the great success of UCF women's golf, was named the new head coach at UTEP on Thursday. So congrats to him. Uh, very one of the more underrated assistants in golf, and now he gets to run the UTEP program, and uh, we'll be interested to see what Coach Marin does to replace him on her staff. Uh, of course, women's golf coming off that great NCAA tournament run. So uh, that's the latest news there. Uh, reminder, check out blackandgobanneret.com for all the latest. Follow us at UCFBanneret underscore SBN, and of course, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Black and Go Banneret. Coming up soon, the Bannies. Jeff will be back from Hawaii, I believe, next week. We'll just start getting ready for some Bannies talk. Who are some of the big awards going on uh, for the UCF, the year in review? We'll be breaking that down over the next few weeks here on the Black and Go Banneret, here on the podcast, perhaps on the YouTube channel, as well as on our website, blackandgobanneret.com. So for everybody at the Black and Go Banneret, I'm Eric Lopez. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast.